Episode 27 of the Duke London podcast. Um, I'm continuing my streak of never having repeated an outfit, so we'll see how long that lasts for. <laughs> um, we are finding out, we're still in the process of finding out whether this podcast will continue with the lockdown. I don't know what the rules are, whether it counts as work or anything like that. Um, I think this episode will come out, if you're listening when it comes out, it should be, I think, the 14th, so halfway through the month. Um, we may or may not have podcasts to follow, um, but yeah, I'm not going to do Zoom podcasts. Um, while I can, I prefer the face-to-face thing. I think I've said this a few times. So um, yeah, I know the Zoom is, a, is an option, but I don't really want to go for it. Um, I'd rather take a break and come back to it when I can kind of do the podcast the way I want to do it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that business taken care of. Um, I'm here with Joe, Carla and Rob from UEL, a wonderful bunch of people who I've had the pleasure of working with a few different times. Um, they run the is Urban Practice, what's the full name? Dance, so BA Honours, Dance Urban Practice. Dance Urban Practice course at the University of East London. Um, and I wanted to talk to them because I think it's a very cool programme and very interesting. It's, I guess, the only like degree programme that's working with hip-hop dance. Well, I would say others do work with hip-hop dance, but I think we're the one that really prioritises. Yeah, because it's yeah. basically, that's the main drive of the programme, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with a little introduction. Let's go around and t- tell me your name and a bit about you. Um, and also your kind of, I guess, position on the course in terms of like staff wise, what you what you do and what the, the title is, how I should address you. Um, yeah, let's start with Mr. Robert. Uh, I'm Robert Nicholson. I'm one of the senior lecturers <coughs> on the Dance Urban Practice Programme. And I teach, I, I run the first year dance technique healthier dancer module uh, I co-teach with Joe on the first year choreography module and I also co-teach with a colleague Dr Laura Robinson on the third year placement module and you also run the dance collective and I run the dan- yeah. UEL dance collective which is how we met yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you started that and you got all funding and everything yeah it's great yeah. So I'm Carla Trimvamban. I am the program leader for the Dance Urban Practice course and I'm also, so that's my role and um, my title is a senior lecturer. Um, So I've been doing the role of a program leader I think for more than four years, much more than four years. (laughs) 
Yeah, you you started it when I started 2015. Yes. Yeah. Oh, blimey. Yeah. So since 2015. Um, when you say program leader, is that like the big boss? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, no. She's like, yeah. no, but yeah. Um, no, it's just, um, so program leaders essentially looking after the program, making sure that it runs effectively, making sure that um, classes are timetabled correctly. Mm. All the lovely, you know. Fun admin stuff. Yeah. yeah mundane, yeah. lovely bits. Um, <laughs> no. And it's also making sure that the team are, you know, supported yeah, making yeah. sure that things are running smoothly basically is is there anyone like um who's above you in this in the sense of the program wise or are you top of the program and then it's university after that um yeah so i'll be the pro so i'm the program leader top of me i've got a line manager we've yeah. all got all, all got the same line manager um who is all oh, department head so of uh the area which is like performance uh, performing arts okay right and we're part <laughs> of a um we're part of a, an area called music writing and performance right right and then we're, we're part music writing performance is part of a school called arts and creative industries right so it's all kind of um an umbrella underneath an umbrella yeah. kind of thing yeah and then you've got like the senior like the top management groups the yeah. dean's groups and then the vice chancellor groups. so you're like Big balls for the UEL um, for the urban practice course. Stop saying that. Yeah. <laughs> we got to change your title to Big Balls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hearing like a, a balls. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So like above you, the umbrella starts to become the more, across different courses. But for the kind of urban practice, you're you're top of that. Yeah, umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, I'm Joe Reed. I'm also senior lecturer on the program. Uh, teaching mainly in the areas of choreography and composition and also theory into practice. Okay. Um, and then my other role is admissions tutor. So I look after kind of like uh, auditions, applications for like students, international students, that kind of thing. Nice. Okay, cool. Maybe pull the mic down a little bit. Um, yeah, sure. Just, yeah. Um, cool. So what's you guys sort of background in dance? How did you end up where you are now? What's the, why also did you end up on a, let's say like a hip hop urban practice kind of course, as opposed to like teaching in a different type of school or how did that come about? Whoever wants to take the floor first. <laughs> Do you, all right. Robert's pointing at me <laughs> with his eyes, no fingers, just eyes. Um, so how did I end up here? <laughs> um, so I started off dancing, um, with so my family is Mauritian um my mum and dad immigrated from Mauritius when they were young um my dad was a DJ so house parties were everything nice. so every weekend so from side Friday um through to Sunday people would come round to eat and then all of a sudden my dad would get his decks out <laughs> and then there'll be food drink and so I've been dancing from since yeah, you yeah. Know, young and seeing that kind of social interaction mm. um and my dad was into many like he had a very eclectic like uh selection of music so i was always <coughs> into michael jackson you know vhs yeah, old yeah. old way of like learning choreo um and then one day so i i would learn the thriller choreo and try and teach all my family and they'll be bored out of their brain with me. Um, and then um, I saw Swan Lake, which was really weird. Mm. 
I saw Swan Lake on TV and I turned and looked at my mum. And I remember this. I used to live in Tottenham in Ferry Lane, Ferry Lane Estate, if anyone knows. <laughs> and we had a one-bedroom um, flat. And I remember say, saying to my mum, I really want to go into ballet. Oh, wow. And then the, the week later, um, she put me into um, a community ballet uh, school. Yeah. And then from there, that's how I got into dancing, like, you know, formalised dance. Yeah. And then I went into, um, from the, I, I did that until I was about in my 20s. And then at the same time, going to school, when they asked where you want to go for college, because we didn't have dance GCSEs at that time, a friend of mine saw that Barnet College was doing a performing oh, cool. arts course. So I went there and that's when I um, met a few people were doing, um, I'm doing air quotes now, street dance. Um and we, we went somewhere in Southgate to do a couple of street dance classes. <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh, we can learn this. Right, right. Um, and from there, went to uni, um, did a... I started off doing dance studies, but it was really alien <laughs> to me. Um, I was in a room. I was used to wearing leotard tights and the yeah. bun head, but I was used to being in a community that was diverse. Right, right, right. And when I went to Middlesex University, I was the only brown <laughs> face there. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if I fit in here. <laughs> yeah. And so I asked to join the performing arts course because that's kind of right. it felt a bit more like open, mm. not friendlier, but just a bit more open to what I could just um, direct my skills to. Um Doing that, I met someone called Vicky Ibokwe of Uchenna Dance. And um, she told me to go to um, Danceworks and do Impact Dance class. With Hakeem, right? With Hakeem Onibudo. And I started that every Friday. And yeah, and that was kind of like the trajectory of going into like teaching because I left uni and I, like many many students, I was like, what do I do? Mm. So for like three months, six months, it went into a year. I was like, what the hell am I doing with this degree? And he pulled me to one side and he said, I don't know what you're doing. (laughs) Um, But if you want to, what do you want to do? And I said, I I enjoy teaching because at uni, um, we did a jazz choreo mm. module. That was like the only module that we had. A jazz choreo mo- module where we learnt, uh, I'm being facetious, but we, we <laughs> learnt like Britney Spears choreo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I was able to choreograph my own like piece and I chose Aaliyah's, uh, one of Aaliyah's <clears throat> tracks and Vicky was part of that. And that's how we kind of really like engaged with each other because she saw that I liked that kind of style of moving. Mm. And I really enjoyed choreography choreography and teaching and everyone kept saying, you're really a good teacher. So when Hakeem spoke to me, I was like, right, that's what I want to try and do first instance. And he said, why don't you join a YMCA course? Because back in the day to be able to get um, insurance liability, you had to have a studio instructor mm, qualification. Right. So I did the YMCA, so I am a qualified exercise to music professional. (laughs) Um, um, So, yeah, I did that. And then through that, I got my all my insurance and everything. And they Hakeem put me in contact with East London Dance. And there were they back then they did loads of outreach stuff in East, East London. And I was an assistant for Vicky. Right in um near black horse road i remember that studio very well i can't remember what it's called but i can remember what it looks like and Mm -hmm. i went in and that was like the first um job paid job that i got for teaching right and community dance practice was my main thing 
from East London dance going like we're th- we're talking about maybe 2005 from that um East London dance with um UEL they were looking um for teachers for the uh, dance urban practice course what year did it start um oh god maybe two 2007 yeah Yeah. so I think they were looking for people but before before that I think there was a moment of just like trialing out bits Mm, and pieces right right makes sense um and I think I did an odd class here and there and then they were looking for someone to do the technique classes so that must have been like 2007 2008 and um yeah I did maybe like a term and then they called me back and they oh, kept nice. on calling me back. And then, um, <laughs> and then here you are. <laughs> and then I'm here. Um, but I started off as a technique <clears throat> teacher. Then right. they asked me to do community dance practice, which Robert is now, is, is now a placement community dance practice right. uh, module, which Robert teaches on. And they just kept on giving me modules. <laughs> And I was like, all right. And then they said, here, take the whole course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Robert and I taught before he came on as a, a core teaching uh, member. Mm. Um, yeah. Robert taught from Newvik. Yeah, my first teaching job. And I remember being given this timetable. <laughs> it, was it 2007? And they were like, oh, and you're teaching on this new degree program. And I was like, <laughs> I think I was like 27 at the time. Oh, really? Going, what <laughs> petrified rocking up to Stratford Circus with like yeah. 25 people in the studio yeah all looking like uh one in their kit yeah and there's me <laughs> I feel like that's a good segue into your into how you got there <laughs> um I was uh I was heavy, uh, when I was five I started uh, doing Saturday dance classes because my parents said I had a lot of energy and they needed to divert it. <laughs> yeah. And I was friends with, uh, I had a couple of friends who went to this dance club, this dance school at junior school. And um, so I did, I started doing jazz, modern, um, and then acrobatics, and then tap, and then ballet. And then I did all, I, I kind of, <coughs> it was a, a typical dance school, um, did all the exams, uh, did some of the winter dance festivals at Blackpool Winter <laughs> Gardens. Um, still have the photos with the dodgy outfits. <laughs> um, and then when I was, uh, and then I did, I went to this college. Uh, so I grew up in Newark in Nottinghamshire, and I went to Clarendon College when I was sixteen. And it was really interesting because Clarendon was, uh, it was an FE college, but it was renowned for getting students into. Uh, conservatoires like Rum Bear and Studio Centre and Lanes, oh, nice. and and I had uh, I, ca- I had a really inspirational teacher, Caroline Rutzler, and she used to bring. I remember she brought like Brenda Edwards in to do workshops. Who was um, Brenda Edwards? I think I think was the first black f- female ballet dancer for English National Ballet. Oh wow, nice. Um, and so so we had all these inspirational workshops, and then when I was eighteen, I auditioned for Lane Theatre Arts and Studio Centre and, and I got into both but I, I felt more comfortable with Studio Centre. Um so I went there and I did I did the training there. Um so conservatoire style training. It was it was really I mean I don't know what it's like now, but it, I, I just remember it being very, very intense. Um and and then 
I, whilst I was there, uh, we used to have, you used to be able to, you had your core, te- uh, teach, uh, core classes and then you had your options. Mm. And I remember choosing, like Carla was saying, uh, the street dance module. And I, re- I remember having these classes with Jimmy Williams and Kate Prince. Oh, wow. And being completely out of my depth <laughs> because I was, I was very much a contemporary right. dancer, classical ballet. But I did love jazz, so so I remember when I was younger, I used to I I watched uh, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. I think I was about nine, mm. and and it just blew me away, and and so that kind of steered me into the direction of jazz dance, and mm. and, and I remember wanting to choreograph a lot to Janet Jackson when I was younger, <laughs> um, and so. Uh, whilst I was there, we also had uh, at Studio Centre we had jazz classes with Dolly Henry, um, and again that was just a real eye opener to learning all the styles like the mathematics isolation technique and and um, and the choreography of Bob Fosse, but also learning the other styles of jazz um, and the connections between the music and the dance form. Mm. Um, when I graduated, I then moved, uh, I auditioned for various uh, companies and organisations and I did a real mix. I did pantomime, uh, I did a cruise <laughs> for Royal Caribbean, oh, wow. but I also worked in the community dance sector a lot. So for Green Candle and for Foot in Hand, which was Louise Cataraga's company up in um, Derby at the time. Um and then I always knew I wanted to go into teaching, so I did the PGC at the Royal Academy of Dance. Um, and then my first job was at Newham Sixth Form College in 2007. Yeah. Um, and that's how I became introduced to the degree programme mm. when I, I got the timetable. And and at the time, New, Newham Sixth Form College was a really exciting place because I remember um, Rachel Bradbear was... Uh, she was kind of leading on the enrichment program and Kofi Mingo was teaching um, all of the, uh, a lot of the extracurricular classes. Um, so in the various popular and social dance styles and hip hop styles, mm. um, we had a, I remember at the time, I think it was 2010, we organized to have a breaking crew for this school's dance competition called True School. Um, and Kofi trained them up. Oh, nice! And I, yeah, they came second. Um, and and also at the time of uh, when I was teaching at Newham Sixth Form, um, th- there are uh, professionals now in the industry like uh, Joseph Tunga and Ricardo de Silva, um, who who were doing their A levels at the time. So so it's interesting oh, wow. to see their journey. And and also. Um, then I moved on to Lewisham College uh, in 2012. So I became a course leader of dance there. Um, and that was an interesting process because that was very much a, a bit like my training at Clarendon College in that it was it was very uh, practice-based. And they had, uh, in a way, they had a mini conservatoire dance timetable. So they do their Graham technique, their <laughs> Cunningham technique there release technique, their ballet, their jazz, mathematics. Mm. Um, and then they'd they'd all go off and audition 
and and some people actually just went into the profession, which I I thought was interesting. Mm. In I remember they, hearing a lot of talk about Lewisham College when I first started. Yeah, like, and there are people now. I see them on Instagram and everything who I taught, and they're just, you know, they're just doing pop videos and mm. and tours, and and nice. so it's interesting seeing that they've just they've gone through a college education, skipped. <laughs> conservatoire training and or university and they've just pursued a career yeah um robert's got a lot of footage of certain like really amazing dancers in their ballet class really <laughs> like Lewis i won't disclose <laughs> <laughs> holding on to the blackmail files <laughs> um and then in t- uh 2014 <clears throat> i moved to university of lincoln to uh become a lecturer on the dance degree there and then I realised that I loved London too much. And <laughs> yeah, London. Gave you a call. <laughs> yeah, I gave Carla a call and I was like, um, there's not much diversity here. <laughs> Can I come back? Can I come? Like, and then there was a job. I remember there was a job post at UEL. Um, and like Carla said, I taught there previously when I first started at Newham Sixth Form and there was the collaboration with UEL. Um, and then I... Uh, and then I, I got the job as a senior lecturer at UEL in 2015. Amazing. Nice. And that's my story. Nice. I like it. <laughs> Let's go, Joe. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for me, I grew up in a really small town in Essex where there wasn't loads of dance. Which town? Um, Brentwood. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the Towie place. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I went to a dance school and did like ballet, um, a lot of tap. And I always gravitated towards tap, I'd mm. say more than any of the other styles. Um, and then as part of that, we did like some jazz, which I say jazz, um, and got really absolutely obsessed with Michael Jackson, Mm. like through my teenage years. And I used to travel up to pineapple from about the age of like 13, 14 (laughs) to do, um, a Michael Jackson jazz dance class at pineapple with a guy called Anthony King. And he used to basically kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Teach you like routines. And I thought it was like the best thing ever. I absolutely loved it. And then I got really interested in contemporary dance through doing, um, GCSE dance and A-level dance at my school because it had like a performing arts status. So Mm -hmm. I had a big dance studio and stuff, which is wicked. And then found out about the uh, dance and culture degree that was at University of Surrey at the time, which was like the longest running dance degree program at the time. It started like... I don't know if it was the 80s or that but it was it, it doesn't exist anymore sadly right. but it um it ran for a long time and as part of that got to do um styles like katak i learned for a, just a year but um quite intensively and that was really amazing and also um what was called vertical dance mm. um so i had a teacher that specialized in you basically were harnessed up and had oh, dangling wow. on a wall so you learned like kind of you're, if you imagine that you sort of were sideways on on the yeah. wall and you'd learn to do all these kind of wow. d- dance mm. choreography things. I've seen a few theatre shows that have incorporated stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and I yeah. absolutely loved that as well. And as part of the degree, it was kind of extracurricular, but I met a woman called Vicky Steege, okay. um, who ran a company called T21 Dance, and she taught me some stuff that was kind of popping predominantly based then she was like you've got to come and do this course with me I'm going to do this course I was like okay I got <laughs> getting really really hooked and um, it turned out to be skills and drills okay. that was led by Robert Hilton right. um, at Greenwich Dance and through that I le- um I was introduced to people like Clara, Fred, uh, Kenrick, Bly so mm. then started to go to more classes kind right. of in those things and then through the degree I was getting more and more interested in popular dance mm. um 
like anything to do with kind of social dance and popular dance I was like ah, oh, dance is way broader yeah. than and the study of dance can be way broader than um kind of cl- uh, classical yeah, kind right. of styles and then by the time I did my dissertation I was getting really into this idea of how to connect like critical thinking or theoretical stuff to practice mm. um someone said to me like oh a few times like oh have you thought about doing like a master's I was like what's that I have no idea <laughs> yeah. but ended up doing a master's um degree to sort of like further develop skills in that yeah and then I was working like quite a lot in the community doing different education dance projects community dance like key stage one Mm. like little ones and ranging right up to um adults and just different community projects um and then I think then I started to think about a PhD um just because I was so obsessed with with studying and and relating it to practice and all the while training as well as a like just as a dancer yeah um and I did some work another great thing was um Woking Dance I think they're called Woking Dance now used to be called Woking Dance Festival Mm -hmm. and I was made like an emerging associate artist with them and as part of that um I was allowed to have a mentor and I had Robert Hilton as my mentor for like it was about two and a half years Mm. I think and he it was the best thing ever like I learned so much um and I was supported to make like choreographic pieces and different kind of projects and tours and stuff and um then from there um through the PhD I was presenting at conferences but I was trying to do some stuff that was like a bit more performative as well Mm. as like reading a paper yeah, yeah. um and then got invited to do a guest I suppose a guest lecture at Kingston University okay. and I'd done a little bit of teaching back at Surrey as well and then really got into that and it was a similar thing to how Carla said like where you, you they'd give you a module and you'd do it and it would go really well mm. and they'd say oh can you come and teach this and this and I did more and more teaching um and then gosh fast forward to uh 2014 and I saw the post at UEL and a few people said to me oh you should go for this and I was like what I can't go for this you know I'm just a freelance artist da, 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 you know but you I also called you a couple of years before that to come oh to yeah a module. I forgot yeah. to say that yeah I got invited <laughs> to do a guest module but I, I think I couldn't do couldn't it because it, it was clashed. like a last right yeah. so yeah I forgot about that you know <laughs> and um and yeah because everyone used to say to me have you met Carla have you met Carla and I'd be like no and be like you need to meet Carla, you and Carla. And I was like, who's this Carla? Like, it's so funny. Like, and now we're friends. Um, but yeah, so then, and then alongside that, I've always tried to just keep my dancing going. Yeah. So I did quite a lot of like theatre stuff, um, quite a lot of projects with Boy Blue, which yeah. was like a really great experience. And then I got quite sick and had to have a surgery and right. I kind of had to take some time out. And then when I got back into dance, um, I've got really into Lightly. Yeah. I've been training ever since and I'm thanks to Kieran and... <laughs> various people um and now dance that as part of kfam yeah Um, yeah and then yeah and and just developed i think i've been at uel now for six years yeah yeah i think that's really cool as well about the light field i was going to say that that like it's cool to see teachers learning you know what i mean so it's really nice for me to see you in a place where you know it's not a case of um you know, you found your career, let's say, already. Um, yeah. You've got some stability within your your practice and you're like, I'm a teacher, mm. this is kind of my career, this is what I'm doing. But you're still stepping out of your comfort zone to go, well, I'm going to learn light feet now, which oh, is yeah. like, I think, a great example for the students because it's like, it's easy for teachers to sit back and be like, 
oh yeah, I'm a teacher. I've done all my training. It's your turn now. I'm just going to oh, give you my no. knowledge. And you're just like, a, a lot of times dancing with your students, like, yeah. Yeah, all right, well, yeah. if you're going to learn, I'm going to come and learn light feet too. And it's like, they see you doing the same struggle as them, which is, yeah. and then also I feel like they see you in that position of like learning the same knowledge and struggling alongside them. So then when you do turn around and say, here's something I learned in my history, mm. take this, it's easier to be like, oh yeah, cool. I respect her and I can take this um, mm. advice or knowledge or whatever I feel like anyway. Yeah. That's how I feel like about my teachers. Like I'd prefer, I prefer that than oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the alternative. I kind of see them as quite separate as well. Mm. Like who I am when I'm training life, it's yeah. nothing to do with what like, of I mean, course. of course it's got everything to do with UEL because it's another kind of popular dance form and yeah. you know it, it expands my knowledge of course but mm. I would like I'm not going to teach light feet like, yeah, yeah. Like, this is not not remotely and I'm, you know just absolutely love training in it and yeah this. but also it's like you could probably bring something new to that um to that scenario because even if you're learning a style brand new alongside someone else who's learning a style brand new you have learned how to learn before mm. you know what I mean so you have experience learning so you mm. might be able to say oh it's going to stick in your brain better if you do this so, you know yeah. so you're in that way you're still bringing something to the table um with the light for thing which I think is really cool yeah I think with ultimately with with teaching with lecturing that's the that's the I think it's a really like an old-fashioned kind of thinking that we're the font of all knowledge mm. It's very, yeah. it's a very kind of archaic kind of mm. thinking. Like in that the teacher way. must uh, never be questioned yeah, and exactly. must be like, must know all the answers to everything. Exactly. And but to be the ultimate person <clears throat> that's forever um, evolving, mm. you're learning. Yeah. You're it learning. also feels yeah. like quite a lot of the time, like it's showing students that actually there isn't one answer. Yeah. And, and, and you have to ask the question. Especially in the arts. Yeah. Like it yeah. is so important. And I think also it's the, for me, it's the idea of uh, my favorite type of teacher is like not so much a like, yes, at times like a um, a giver of knowledge, but also like a facilitator of learning. So it's like um, being someone who can say, I don't know, but I know seven people who can tell you better than me yeah. is valuable, very valuable because it's like they might not have got that knowledge if it wasn't for you. Like with um, Keelan. Yeah. Um, like she, when we were, we were doing the collective, she was like, oh, I really want to learn light feet. And for me, I was like, right, I, I know nothing about light feet. Cool. And I like in the old, what you're saying, like the old fashioned way, I could say, well, I can't teach you that. Mm. But I just said, here's Kieran's number. <laughs> Call him and he'll do it. But it's like in my way, I'm like, that's valuable because I was the link between them. So it's like, yeah. even if it's Kieran, like teaching her mm. like I facilitated her meeting here and I think mm. stuff like that for me is is just as important to be able yeah. to do for people is like oh, yeah. give them the, the avenues and stuff and just say I don't know but here's someone that does yeah um it's relinquishing ego yeah yeah, yeah. and that that thing of guidance because we've all shared and you probably shared that that moment where you you see someone going somewhere <clears throat> and you know what they can do yeah but you you have to step back yeah and yeah, not yeah. intervene to allow them to find the pathway themselves and do yep. it themselves. So there's a mo there are many frustrating moments when you're like, just do it this way. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Like, but that's not the way that they're going to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's definitely like that. Like you can see people's path. You can see, I always think you can see people's, especially if you know the scene and you know the industry, it's like, you know, who people are going to be attracted to sometimes before yeah. they are you're like oh you're going to hang out with these people and do yeah. this type of dance and do this you just don't know it yet yeah. <laughs> but also I think it's um <clears throat> it's 
any advice like I, I have a really good friend from um switzerland and she was she told me one time and it's like always stuck with me she said it really offhand but she was like when people give you advice they give you advice on how they want to see you dance not how you should dance or like how you might want to dance and i think that's really important where it's like especially when we bring that into teaching it's like yes we're going to come at different styles and different um different types of teaching from our bias you know like this is how i think hip-hop should be done or this is my version of hip-hop or whatever mm -hmm. so i'm going to teach it this way but it's also important to know what the student wants to learn because like um my friend lee like whenever he's judging or whatever if someone comes up and said oh have you got any advice about my popping he's like the first thing he asked which i thought was genius is like he said well what are you working on what do you want to get better at because it's all good him saying oh you need to get better at this get better at this get better at this but it's like what if that's not the avenue they want to go down you know mm -hmm. And I think that's like a really important thing that we miss a lot as teachers is like understanding that it's not your, you don't have the, like what you basically, what you just said, like you don't have the answers to like where the person should go. It's like, you have to guide them on based on where they want to yeah. go, I guess. Mm, totally. I I took a, I remember in 2010, I took a trip with um, my girls <laughs> uh, to um, New York. We went to do like a, two weeks stint where we took classes and nice. I remember taking class of Ejo mm. Ejo Wilson um because that's kind of like um the uh, club dances are really where I'm like comfortable on yeah and comfortable and um and like researching those areas as well and uh, taking his class and just really what stuck with me that he didn't do much mm. he spoke and he said I don't want you to dance like me yeah and Clara mm. Bajardo is similar mm. to yeah. that tallies like that as and well yeah. yeah so it's just like okay well then you have to do the work yeah you really have to do the work to look mm -hmm. inside and like what is it how am i feeling in this moment and all that kind of intention of behind the movement and yeah. finding your own movement vocabulary which we try to do on the program as well is yeah. getting students to understand that they have a lot more power than what they think mm. they do mm. yeah yeah, yeah it's you, also yeah. like ways of seeing the world as well mm. like i remembered when i did my masters my mind was just blown <clears> because you're just like oh my gosh I will never look at this the same mm. ever again like the way you see things and yeah. even with the first years last week when we were having you know those conversations about that reading they're like because it was like a reading that was looking at what is technique mm. actually what is it mm. if you break it down and they were like it was so deep like mind blown. <laughs> but it's so great to see that and you see them start to question like yeah. their own experiences and if you can framework. sum it up what was it what was the answer what is technique yeah. well the, i think that's the point right <laughs> right so it's leading to like just more questions right 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 actually when you pin it down they couldn't answer it yeah, definitively because yeah, yeah. it means differently but it was kind of challenging this idea that technical styles are certain styles and mm, other styles you know that kind of yeah so interesting because actually that happens a lot we get students who come in and they say oh but um i've done my technical styles but i also love hip-hop and we're like mm, now that's interesting Let's you know it. what styles are those yeah <laughs> and and it's you know it's it's just they're that's just what they've the way they've learned it so obviously but is there something in the fact that these other styles which they're probably referring to like ballet and contemporary and stuff mm. are older and therefore more established in what the the consensus is on what the technique should be in those styles whereas in hip-hop this because we're a lot newer and a lot of these hip-hop styles there's a massive diversity in opinion on what is the right way to go about things and still even on the other end like the, in the teaching end there's a massive um like i just said i forgot my own word that i just said 
um, diversity in, in opinion. But then on the kind of recipient end, like in judging and in shows and stuff like that, there's not really one. Cons- like we, There's a lot of different types of dancer that we would look at and go, that's a good dancer. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like in ballet and contemporary, for, for the better or for the worse, there's less of a variety in what we accept as a good ballet dancer, for example. Mm-hmm. It's like audiences or choreographers or auditions. It's like, well whatever audition you go into pretty much it's like this constitutes a good ballet dancer whereas in hip-hop that's a wide spectrum of what we you know what I mean yeah like is it do you you think there's something in that or no potentially definitely but I think you know sometimes the way that dances are valued is is also Mm -hmm. coming into that and that's what we're kind of I suppose aiming to challenge through the program in the first place yeah because I think for me it's often like Oh, I've had so many like debates and stuff about like judging and stuff like that. But, you know, like say, for example, if you it's not alien to hear, hear a judge be like, oh, that person won because they had more heart. And it's like <laughs> or because they, they were they were enjoying it more. Or yeah. so, and it's like you would never hear that. In, but it's like, yeah, they had more heart, but their technique sucked. Do you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. there's a lot more strict rules based on which I think is not something I want to get into with hip hop because I think it's nice, the Mm. variety. But then I guess it does lend itself to it being seen as less strict or less. um, Sure. Yeah. I suppose also because of the the improvisational element of it all. So it's it's subjective in that sense, isn't it? Mm. And I mean, you know, our judgment is always subjective. And I suppose the codification allows the objectiveness of it. But I would I would say the yeah ballet and those styles could arguably be said as older, but the the value systems of storytelling mm. of, of um, you know the embodiment of certain elements within hip hop and yeah. you know outdate all of that. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I think what was I going to say? Like it's interesting. Also the the what we value as like the technique in in let's say ballet or something we it tends to like outweigh all these elements in hip-hop that we have a lot of other elements in hip-hop that make it a difficult dance even like understanding the knowledge and the context of moves which you might not have to do in ballet like Mm. you might not have to understand the context of why you're doing this move and how it fits with the next move it's just moves that fit together or don't i would suppose though someone because Having having this conversation with a, a ballet professional in the room, they could argue that there's that element mm. of technique is just the uh, the foundation of them trying to understand their bodies moving in space. Yeah, yeah. So when they're putting <clears throat> together, so I'm thinking of you know, um, I've forgotten his like, is it Forsyth? Oh uh, yeah, William Forsyth. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. remember reading about him at uni, and just the way that he would, you know, a flick of a hand would be telling the story, yeah. and so that in that in that sense, there's that element of heart and intention mm. that the conversation could then be brought in that realm as well. Yeah, so yeah. it's um, also very aware that I'm coming from a place like I'm sitting with three people that have like <laughs> high level degrees no, in dance. No, I'm just no, saying no, my- I'm just I'm just you know being devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's in good. the way that you're in a room. I've I've been in a in a room with ballet black. Yeah, and just yeah. The way that they they use their technique, it isn't just for them. It's not just putting step to step. Yeah, yeah. 
and it is about that feeling. So there are a lot of commonalities that I think that sometimes we assume are not there. Yeah, 100%. Because and vice versa. I've seen a lot of hip hop dancers just linking steps, 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 steps. And it's like, I've said this so many times, but like being knowledgeable doesn't equal being good. Like, mm. so I think there's the, the, what a lot of hip hop dancers will assume about ballet. What you're saying is like, oh, they're just doing moves and there's not any of this like feeling and understanding when there is yeah. clearly, you know, and if you've been to see like any classical performances, like there's a lot of, it's, it's really beautiful for a reason. Mm. And then, in hip hop, as much as we think, oh, we're all about feeling and heart. And it's like there's a big proportion of dancers <laughs> that are just linking shit together with no. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about like dancers that are out of touch, like dancers that are in touch and part of the scene and stuff, and are just linking step, 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 step. And it's like you're just showing off all the different steps that you've learned. You're not yeah. dancing and not understanding and showing your aspect. So I yeah. think it works both ways. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's always going to be, uh, like we have to acknowledge putting some of these dance styles in an education institution mm. yeah. context is problematic. <clears throat> mm, like interesting. it's always going to have issues because yeah. of the, the setting, you know, the formal setting. Like, and and I think that's one of the first things that we kind of make the students aware of. And right. I think they come in and we sort of say, you know, this is a problem. Like we're trying to talk to you about, you know, the essence of a club or the essence of a social dance or yeah. whatever mm. in, in a studio, in a, in a university. And we have mm. to question that as well. Yeah. And I, but I think also there's a, it's a bit of a tough paradox, I guess is the right word where we, I've heard a lot of like hip hop professionals, especially ones that are working in theatre and wanting to do more long form work, complain about the institutions are very uh, geared towards ballet and contemporary in these sort of styles. And it's a struggle for hip hop to to push through yeah. and be able to be seen on the same level. But at the same time, as soon as we start to institutionalise hip hop, yeah. it becomes like the argument of like, oh, it shouldn't be there. It should be well, like, but yeah. OK, then you don't get both. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you if we're not going to institutionalise hip hop and we're going to keep it from the streets, we can't get the big money. Like we can't be put on the big yeah. stages because we don't have the. Right. But it's the idea of changing how we fee think and feel about leadership. Are we going to continually strive to be leaders within a system that doesn't work or want us? Mm. Or are we going to change the way that that system is? And I think that's where we're like a lot of people are thinking like the system doesn't work mm -hmm. and it pits us against each other. So yeah, when we yeah, have yeah. these conversations is either ballet or contemporary or hip hop yeah, yeah. rather than. So it's always going to be them or us. Yeah. So I think that like the the idea of where we what what rooms we sit in and mm -hmm. how we create those spaces, whether they're rooms or not, like I think that's where I think our energy should kind of go into and thinking. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's contradictory with me being in a position of a program leader, mm. but at the same time, it's exciting to talk like that because um, the value systems do need to shift. Yeah. And if that means, so th there's always, you know, within our, within our realm, Oh, there's a new program and it is, it, is it stepping on our toes? Or <coughs> like, right, right don't care yeah yeah like really don't care i mean yeah it affects student numbers but at the same time that means that we're making steps and strides on a forward. wider scale yeah and that's really more important than anything yeah. else in the sense of trying to figure out how we are going to make it more inclusive mm -hmm. and within that inclusivity then brings a level of uncomfortableness yeah. definitely for like the systems the commercial you know the capitalized systems that we live in mm. so it's i think um, yeah, I think the type of thinking and the way that we think about how we 
raise value systems within you know dance has to shift that we're not striving for these indoctrined kind of formats mm. and and think of other ways of opening up the scope so that hip hop other styles can we can we can be on the same common ground yeah yeah interesting so how do you see kind of the where let's say where the students are aimed at through UEL like so when when you're training a student they do the three years and then they leave like that's you kind of pulling the the bow back on the arrow (laughs) when you let go of them (laughs) what trajectory do you kind of see your students on is there a particular one or do you try and keep it as wide as possible like do you think oh they're they're definitely going to be able to do this but we don't kind of train them for this as much or Mm. is there I think it's probably like many things so the idea of what we we sort of call it a portfolio career right so the idea that you would likely if you if you seriously want to make your money out of dance Mm -hmm. the likelihood is you're going to have to do a lot of different things within the industry and that might even involve additional skills as well that you use in connection with dance whether that be dance and film Mm. dance and photography dance and music all these different skills that you know blend really nicely with i think that's the arts industry in general isn't it like uh, i think it was ivan that was saying on the pod like about everyone kind of needs to be multidisciplinary these days to survive and i think that's that's really true even if you specialize in one thing it's like but how can you collaborate with other people and the arts is all about collaboration anyway isn't it yeah and people are jumping on the bandwagon now like the government even the way that they're they're, there you know let's train our little robots to be able to do loads of things Mm. to to, you know engineer something so that they can make money they're realizing that the arts industry is massive yeah and it's so it's um what's the word it continuously you know makes out of adversity Mm. makes fabulous things yeah 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 so even though they're you know stifling the arts they undoubtedly are learning from us constantly Mm. so that's why it's so frustrating where all the the funding cuts happen because you're like hello hang on a second yeah yeah. you know you're not thinking of the these things without other things being in an influence and the arts are great influence on that type of thinking Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of our students are first, this is the first degree. Yeah. So Mm. I think ultimately when, when we're looking at them and Robert can talk about like when he's teaching placement, Mm. it's trying to get them to understand the skills and the strength that they already have that Mm. they need to, um, use to empower themselves to feel like they have a standing point because obviously they're going into something that is devalued Mm. in society. So they're having to, we're having to empower them to feel positive about Mm. what they can do um, first and foremost, but giving them an idea of the different avenues that they can go down and giving them a taste. So um, giving them a taste of the things that they can actually do and not being like a conservatoire, being able to train them directly through single root path yeah, path yeah. pathways. Um and just hopefully something sticks. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. with the knowledge that maybe three or five years down the line they'll be like, oh that's what they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think also that notion of um oh if I want to become a performer then I need to go to a conservatoire. I think mm. that that's that's changed. I that's changed and and knowing like you know uh quite a few of our students have gone into performance mm. uh, areas of performance uh in the west end or with or with different companies i think that idea of oh if i go to university i can't perform yeah with a major company or choreographer etc i think at, at ueal especially i think that's 
knocked on its head. Mm. I remember going to Kingston. I I um auditioned at Kingston, and um, well, yeah, when I just left college, I auditioned at Kingston, and they straight out told us halfway through the audition, like, oh, if you want to be a professional dancer, this isn't the course for you. Mm. And I was like, huh, wait, what? <laughs> and they were like, this is like, if you want to maybe go into teach, like, you're not going to get enough knowledge from this course to work as a professional. And I was like, mm, why am I here then? But mm. I think yeah, it's like that was maybe the impression I got when I was auditioning, which was yeah. two thousand and eight or so was like the university was not yeah. for professionals mm. and then the like kind of I guess conservatoire training was yeah. Yeah. for professionals. I think it's a real I think mixed, the only difference know? was Laban. Right. I think Laban was what people suggested to me because they yeah. were like, oh, that one is yeah. like one of the only ones you get a degree and you can get good yeah. training from. And it's like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, yeah I think it's a mixture now. <clears throat> yeah. I think, you, you know, there are definitely people that graduate who become professional dancers yeah, yeah. almost full time from our program. But at the same time, there are people that come onto the program not to be, they don't want to be a right, performer. Right. They actually have other skills. So, and, you know, and they still have good performance skills. I'm thinking of, Tia Parsons mm, like, yeah yeah she she's a, she's got great dance skills but she's really nervous <laughs> as a dancer yeah. I'm sure she won't mind me saying and now she's aced her way through three different dance organizations yeah. just got promoted at Rombert yeah, yeah, and yeah. her skills in that area is something that perhaps she might not have discovered of course, yeah. without knowing that part of the industry so I think mm. it's we, we're very kind of it's it's really when we're looking for applicants and students it's a curiosity and an open-mindedness to want yeah. to discover lots of things and I think the you know the moral is you just don't know where that can take you yeah. like I, if if someone told me when I was that age that I'd be doing this kind of job I would yeah. have just laughed like <laughs> completely yeah. so it's intention of that person as well so mm. to, to to say that you can't do something through that i mean if you really wanted to become a dancer you yeah. would have been one right yeah yeah so and and it's supporting so someone comes through our doors and says um and sits down and has a has a tutorial with us what do you want to do right you want to be a right these are the goals yeah, yeah yeah let's figure it out this is mm. what you can get from the course this is what you can't get from the yeah. course and let's figure that out mm. and not shut the door on yeah. them like before they've even started yeah and i guess also yeah. it's going back to the thing of like being facilitators of knowledge where it's like mm. if you're real about what you can't get from the course it's not a case of like well don't come here it's like come <laughs> yeah. here learn this stuff from the course and then add on to it with yeah. all this other knowledge and we can maybe connect you with people and, yeah. and i think that's one good thing about uel as well you guys have a lot of different actual connections within the industry that people will get introduced it's not like a little yeah. bubble where they go and they come back and then they're like all right so uh, where do i start it's like by the yeah. time you finish i feel like i've never been to uel but like <laughs> by the time you finish i feel like you'll you'll know enough connections you'll start to know who is like clara who's fred like all these different people that are part of yeah. the scene yeah that's one thing is like the industry links and and knowing like you're saying who yeah because networking for me and i don't know if, for, for everyone else around the table but that's something that really and still kind of it's like oh, oh what am yeah. i doing networking and and it's only recently i'm like well having a conversation with robert like one-to-one -one is still networking yeah, yeah. we're talking about Definitely. and just understanding the different types of networking but being able to have industry professionals and even the students in engaging with us mm -hmm. and understanding what we do and yeah. how we do it and the people that we know, bringing them through the doors makes it less scary when they're leaving. Yeah, mm -hmm. And they have yeah. those. And if they're wanting to make a connection within the, the environment the, that we create, hopefully that feels a little safer than yeah. just going out yeah, yeah, and yeah. trying to blind. It's, it's like yeah. one level of like, like, because you could just talk to someone randomly in the industry and you don't know if they're a horrible person. Mm. You don't know what their, like, kind of reputation is. It's like a little 
vetting by you guys of like, oh, this person came through our doors. So at least us three, like, trust them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, they're yeah. a good guy or a good girl. That's why they're here. Try, so you, if you yeah. want to talk to them, like... Yeah. it's probably a little bit safer than just doing it at an event or something in that way yeah and just really empowering them to go well just have a conversation yeah or yeah. let's orchestrate something right let's have a meeting so you just you know so the first instance of like meeting and speaking to someone isn't as scary yeah mm. yeah definitely. and it's all about training and guidance because i mean i never knew how to do a load of things mm. i'm the first one in my in my like out of my mum and dad to go to university oh, wow. and and in the arts yeah mm. like everyone else did like the other you know regular jobs and yeah. stuff like that but in the arts and it was it was quite daunting and if i didn't have someone like hakeem or vicky or these people to guide these are the types of leaderships <clears throat> yeah. skills that a lot of people don't talk about yeah 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 and it's it's um it's more personable kind of way of guidance which i think is really needed yeah and i think that the, the human element and the kind of networking is mm. such an important thing but also such a misunderstood thing and like yeah. i've i think i've spoke about this before but like i've heard so many people using networking wrong and it being like oh, i have to pretend to like someone yeah. to try and get in their friendship mm. circle and that's the kind of the some people's like feeling of what networking is so even when they decide not to do it they're like oh i'm not going to network because i don't want to pretend to be friends with people that i'm not and it's like that's really not what networking is in its essence like just having a real conversation with someone or for me like my my motto at the moment is like just be there like like no matter where there is is like just be there like and then things tend to like I, I again i think i spoke about this but like me just leaving the house as opposed to staying in tends to bring me more opportunities yeah. like even by people that know me i'm like you you we talk all the time but then i see them in real life and they want to book me in for a photo shoot and i'm like what you didn't like why is it just because you saw me in real life but sometimes it is that that connection yeah it makes you want to work with the person even just being around them and mm. stuff and I think just also just having conversations with no agenda where it's like, which I guess if you have the space to have that in UEL is great, mm. where it's like, even say with Keelan, like um, for anyone that's listening that doesn't know, there's, um, I went in to teach uh, for the collective yeah. at UEL, um, which was kind of like a, you call it like extracurricular activity for them? Yeah, so it was set up, set up in 2015 as a undergrad performance company mm -hmm. uh, because... Uh, I remember we were getting a lot of requests um, <laughs> to perform at external right. events, etc. And it was just a really good way of, one, getting external practitioners, artists in to come and choreograph on the students. Mm. Uh, so done through an audition process. And, and two, it was just a, an external um, platform in order for... Because you know there is a, I guess there is a push on marketing yourself, and it's yeah, yeah. just, it's just a, it was a push to to get the collective on these external platforms mm. and show show everyone outside, kind of a taste of what what we do on the program. Yeah, and I think um, so. I went into teacher. I think it was a few years ago, a couple of years ago, maybe twenty. 18. Yeah. Oh, wow. so that went quick. Yeah. But um, just even in in the thing of networking, like the conversations I had with some of them ended up with me, be, like Keelan's a great example where it wasn't like she came to me and she was like, Oh, I need something from you. It was just talking. And she's like, Oh, I would love to do like, like she actually said like, Oh, it would be like a dream to, to, to learn light feet from Kieran. And I was like, well, I can make that happen. Like that's super easy. Like for me, I'm like, Kieran's not like, <laughs> not to insult him, but like, he's not a big deal. He's just Kieran. Do you know what I mean? He's just my friend. 
And like, so when she said that, I was like, oh, well, I'll let, but if she had come and I had sensed like some agenda of like, oh, I'm going to get close to Luke so that he can like, mm. yeah. like that would have been yeah. weird. And you would have been like, oh, I don't get See a, through that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just having a safe conversation where she could just tell me what she was feeling, even not expecting me to do anything mm. resulted in her being able to train with Kieran. So it's, I think that's the thing with networking is like, it's not a do something with an expectation. It's just a, like be yourself with as many people as you can and go out and talk to people when you're not locked down. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you things will come from that naturally, yeah. you know. It's just the way the world works is like you, you meet and you identify with people that have similar interests or yeah. know people mm -hmm. that have similar interests. And if they're good people, they'll kind of put you in contact. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, there's all sorts of stuff that can come from that, I think. Yeah, I'm just laughing because there's definitely been times when we're approached because it's like, Oh, can I have some space? Can yeah, you get me yeah, a job? Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, I can't actually do those things. I think yeah. sometimes people think we've got this like power yeah. that we can just, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. tricky. Sitting in yeah. an organisation, an institution with the different layers that we kind of identified at yeah. the start, mm. it's really, so even with the dance collective that Robert, that Robert started, it's through funding, mm. a funding pot, having to find that and having to apply for it every year. Yeah. Um, because even though we, we, we get students through the door, it doesn't really, it kind of just yeah. pays for the building basically. Right, right, right. So it's education is hit and universities, you know, it's been hit with students having yeah. to pay their fees. That's a, a major sign that things have changed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's quite hard because we do want to support the community as much as we can. Oh yeah. Um, it's just finding ways that is like a proper exchange. Mm. And that's the best, like when we've had those conversations with different individuals like yeah. yourself and others, like we've had some great projects that have come out of that. For sure. Yeah. And I think also it's like sometimes nothing comes out of it but it doesn't mean that you didn't gain anything yeah. if that makes sense like yeah. me and you sat down actually about I was just interested in the program oh, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> I just wrote you and I was like I'm really interested in the UEL program can yeah. we talk about it and I just came to your office and we just, <laughs> we just sat, sat for like an hour and just you just told me about the program and how you did it and like I wasn't expecting anything and it was just it was just a nice chat and yeah. I was like oh cool now I know more stuff <laughs> about it and it's like that's fine but it's like just leaving the house like you never know you might gain some knowledge you might gain a new friend you might mm. gain an opportunity you know it might be that you were like oh you know you were interested in that thing like let me give you this opportunity mm. or you might have just been like oh hey you want to go for a coffee sometime that was mm. a nice chat you know you yeah, never sure. know what you're going to yeah. get out of any given situation mm. but um it's like this, you only regret the things you don't do kind right, of thing. Yeah. Like staying in the house doesn't get you anything, but yeah. leaving the house might get you something, even yeah. if it's 20% chance, you know, mm. or, you know, meeting people or kind of taking the initiative to make a first step, I think. Mm. Mm. Totally. Uh, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? How, how do you guys kind of balance, like, how do I phrase that? Your, yeah, I guess what we were talking about earlier, like the, the teaching in a in a I guess institutionalized way with the kind of nature of the hip-hop dances which are not that like what's do you guys take any specific approaches or like is there anything that you try to keep in mind or where do you get your like your structure in a way from like how how does that happen how do you change something from that and fit it into this type of format well, for me, I um, ultimately is identifying there's a hybrid going on mm. of that institutionalized space yeah, yeah, yeah. and the and and getting the students to be aware of it mm. and that you know that's so, a really good thing, yeah. Yeah, so because 
if you try and do it and just like, oh yeah, just imagine you're in the club. Like, <laughs> yeah. just imagine this. You know, it's so hard. You've got day, daylight streaming in. Yeah. The first thing is like with with like club dances, I'm just like, well, we're doing it at the wrong time of day. Yeah. First and foremost, um, ideally. And just highlighting it. Yeah. And just going, ideally, this would be, I'd prefer it if we were in a club. Yeah. If yeah. we were in a blacked out room, had light, had a DJ. And it was really, it's really great in the last, I think, five more years of seeing DJs and coming into classes at nice. external classes yeah. and being able to reference certain people. Yeah. Like, you know, and showing videos. Like, it's really great that people are streaming stuff now and you can show snippets within the class. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got like, you know, the the digital aspect that br- you bring in to mm. show clips and examples to highlight the differences within the institution. Mm. Um, also within our own research, research um, our practice-based research. So I did um, a dissertation talking about Im- improvisation and the the different ways that we look on, on it like mm. so ob- observing students when I say to them now let's freestyle and they're going to they're seizing up within this institutionalized space yeah and then realizing <clears throat> if I say improvise they feel a little bit less ah, interesting you know yeah. scared mm. and identifying you know through researching that you know there are differences between the contemporary idea of freestyle and the you know the popular social dances of, of what improvisation yeah. is I, I use those terms wrong. Contemporary improvisation ty- um, style and then social dance, popular dance improvisation and knowing the differences and getting them to to play around with it because mm. when they play around with it, they start to realise. So the theory being embodied rather yeah. than mm. just separated, that like dichotomy of the brain and the mind mm. is really detrimental within mm. our within our field Mm. and it's like really coming back to the body the brain the mind that you know learning through doing Mm. learning through feeling that really gets them to make connections and realize that we may be talking about popping one day we may be talking about um house another contemporary release but there are similarities commonalities through the whole thing Mm. yeah um, and what does the uh, like a room like this? What does it? How does it impact us when yeah. we're learning? Mm. And yeah, and just I think really pulling and teasing these things out, and getting them to to make the connection themselves, and also guiding them. I think guidance is a tag word for me today. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think that for me, that's the the main kind of focus. Mm of bringing it out and using myself as an example as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always struggled with when kind of learning these things was like, we talk a lot about the the competition scene kind of in a way being too big or it kind of eclipsing a lot of the elements that these dances started from, like the clubs and the, the parties and the jams and stuff like that. But at the same time, I do think that competition and performance enhance progress because if you this is what I always struggled with. If I'm learning a thing and they're like, oh, well, the ultimate thing, um, the ultimate end goal is for you to dance this in a club with your friends. And I'm like, well, then why do I need to be good at it? I don't need to be good at it to dance in a club with my friends. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you might want to learn loads of different stuff. But again, you kind of do that as you dance in a club. You you learn from someone, you copy that step, you do this. So that whole experience is almost like, for me, quite uh, self-contained. Mm. in the sense that I'm doing all my learning and all my performance at parties in that, like, you know, when we used to go to like Madame Jojo's and stuff, it's like, 
I was like, you know, just picking up house steps from so I never wanted to dance house. I never would enter a battle with it. I never thought I was knowledgeable. But in that sense, I'm in a house club, like there's house music playing. My friends are doing steps. I'm going to try and copy a step. I'm going to like dance it a little bit. I'm going to show them. Uh, there's a step I picked up from someone else that they're going to know. And it's like, okay, this is if this is the end goal, I don't need to do any more training. So I think that's the thing where when we kind of go into like hardcore training, it's like I, f I personally feel like I need there to be a competition or a show or s even in, in show in performance, there's auditions and stuff. I need there to be some sort of stakes for me to have the drive to to be better at it I guess yeah and I also think it's to do with the students finding themselves as movers yes, as yeah, well yeah, as yeah. within the style so obviously in technique they're learning particular techniques that are set yeah. each year or each term but then when it comes to like the area of like choreography and composition yeah. then it's like okay but how do you move and that's a culmination of everything you've done and yeah. other things about your body your personality your identity and how do we encourage the students to explore that without putting our agenda of what we'd like them to create yeah. so that's why like when it comes to like the final project module where they make their final piece which you've come into yeah. I'm always so happy when I sit back and they've all made something very different yeah. like that you start to see that that the, the, the themness yes, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in their work so I think that's really important as well that yeah. they discover their their identity as a mover yeah I think that's something well. that's really important and like is maybe not focused on as much because you see a lot of like, in general, like, oh, okay, I'm going to do a piece of choreography that's locking and it's like to the same James Brown song and it's the same um, like moves and it's like, oh, it's a happy, upbeat piece and we're all going to wear colourful clothing. And it's like, okay, yeah, we get it. Like, fine. And I think there's a bit of, there's this thing where because we want to stick so much on the history and the, like have respect to the original yeah. kind of style, mm. it stifles us being creative. Yeah. Like, I think a lot like of what Kieran tells me about the light feet guys in, in New York, mm. where it's like here you get, if you picture light feet, it's like one type of style and disclaimer, I'm talking with no base of knowledge. I'm just talking. So don't, don't come for me if I'm wrong, but like that here in, the, in, in Europe, it's very like, this is what light feet looks like. And it's one kind of style of movement. Mm. Whereas I think from what Kieran was telling me, a lot of the guys in New York, everybody looks completely different oh, completely and different. they all have their own yeah like really identifiable thing but you're able to do that when you're in the place where the style is being created mm -hmm. and you're not restricted by having to pay um respect to anything previous in a way mm -hmm. so like the light feet guys in new york are light feet so yeah. whatever they do is valid you know what i mean yeah, yeah, whereas yeah. when it's translated over to here we have a bit of a worry i guess of like oh, but I don't want to do it too different because then it's not... Whereas in there, they're like, I want to do it too yeah. different so that I'm me. Yeah. And I think this restricts us with a lot of these styles, even like hip-hop, pop-in, locking and mm. stuff, where it's like, we aren't... Whereas, you know, like um, Don Campbell, like, I guess the whole story about him like doing the dance wrong and accidentally mm. creating locking. No one wants to do that because they're like, oh, no, but I have to pay respect to the... I can't do yeah. it wrong and be yeah. proud of that, yeah. you know, because yeah. then there's this stigma against not quite doing the the pioneers justice in a way yeah. and i yeah. think that stifles creativity sometimes yeah. for better or for worse i don't know what the right answer there is but yeah, yeah. and yeah. i think a lot of that is the music choice as well so like yeah. if you're experimenting with abstract genres or soundscapes or mm. what you know then then <clears throat> perhaps it doesn't signify a style in the yeah. same way that if you put i don't know a piece of funk on there's a certain 
connotation. Yeah, and I guess it's also the question like, where does a style start and stop? You know, is it only its vocabulary or is it like a way of moving? Or I think those boundaries are maybe a bit looser in something like contemporary where in hip hop, it's very like, well, and now you're not doing hip hop and now you are doing hip hop and now you're not. Whereas in contemporary, it's like, they're standing still in the middle of a room screaming. Yeah, I guess it's contemporary. Like, (laughs) you know, you see some piece and you're like, okay, cool. This is contemporary just because you said it is. And like, no one really is like, well, I didn't see any this move or this, you know what I mean? But they've got, I suppose it's, it's with the the word contemporary. They've got the ease of being anything, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Of the now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we see a lot with our students when we ask them to just, uh, go with it Mm. and they, they, do get scared and they're they're like oh what do you mean like even when setting a piece of writing just like set it out however you want to yeah but as long as it has this this and that we're not going to tell you the format and they're like what (laughs) i need guidance (laughs) i guess guess it's problematic stemming from uh previous schooling or by education where they there is a right and wrong answer yeah Yeah. and where you know the, the institutions or the, the government or whoever have set it up where you know test 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 mm. must get it right must get it right mm. can't really necessarily think or have <laughs> the freedom to think for myself yeah. and then we're being uh, we're asking them to yeah being taught to like pass an exam yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. whereas i think at university sometimes like when when students feel vulnerable uncomfortable we're like that's good that's mm. yeah. what I do. that's doing a degree because yeah, you're being yeah, yeah. challenged you shouldn't if you feel comfy all the time then yeah. you know perhaps yeah. you're not really challenging your thinking mm. going back to what you were saying about you know a lot of the styles yeah we're looking at we're looking towards america for the reference points yeah. so the idea of what britishness is or whatever culture you're coming mm. from is is hard to almost you know identify that in someone's dance when their reference point is always yeah. america and yeah i suppose that is a moment that we and also like the documentation the video footage everything mm. is referring back to that but it's really important for us to kind of give some value to the british hip-hop mm-hmm. industry yeah. and and what we've created and what are the and try to try to think about what are the differences and what are the what are the things that we're really proud of mm. and how we how we are different but how, you know not in a negative way yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean like doing some work on thinking about what British house culture is mm. and you know the music you know through the through the uh, transmission of it from America to Eng- to England yeah there was a change in the way that it looked in terms of the people doing mm. it yeah. um but you know we created so many amazing you know house records and house uh, house record labels and and what was going on in the clubs isn't documented it's through word of mouth Mm. so we can't we can't almost claim a stake in that in a way that the americans do Mm. where you know it's it started but there is a a a stake to be claimed because the you know the clubs i mean i mean unfortunately it's so so heartbreaking that so many clubs are closing but the the club industry and what it produced and yeah it's just we've got such a wealth of knowledge that we're not tapping into Mm. to to be proud of in the dance styles and the way that britain has created and helped to to shape the way that we learn these things here and you know france the different cultures there and it's just amazing that 
our reference points continually go to America when they should be broadened out. Yeah, I think that's the hard thing where it's like, if you look at, let's say like grime with rapping, like, okay, you could say like a lot of the like rap stuff started in the States or at least the kind of movement that that inspired it. But for grime to be created and to be such a, a different thing, they had to fuse it with different... Um, influences so you mm. you got like the the bit of house a bit of like uk garage a bit of like this sort of stuff that all comes together to make this thing as well as the american like hip-hop aspect right and i think the difference there is there was no one being like you're not doing it like it's supposed to be done they're like yeah it doesn't matter we're doing something different like this is our thing now yeah we're using you as an influence but i think and i think it's it's from a it's from a place of good intentions but mm. we kind of um chastise i guess is the right word like anyone that doesn't do things how they're supposed to be done in air quotes like how they were done in new york in the 80s or whatever yeah. or at least ref have that as their reference point anyone that tries to um deviate from that reference point it's like no that you're doing it wrong you're you're ruining the dance you're diluting it you're doing it and it's like in that way it kind of also holds us back from building something different or like something i get you know i get if you're not doing hip-hop anymore don't call it hip-hop you know call it something else which is fine like they didn't say we're doing we're doing rap they're like we're doing we're this is grime we're doing you know it's, yeah. it's a different thing and that's fine but i think there's a difference between okay call this the right thing or don't pretend you're doing something when you're clearly trying to do something else and just chastising anyone that tries to vi deviate yeah. from the path of America's the reference point and that's how we do things mm. and we don't bring in any influences from the UK because yeah. it's like that's so important you know is that's what's going to make everything different and yeah learning so if I'm thinking about the way that I learned house mm. like there's so many different types of house so my influence of my parents being Mauritian hearing music in in a certain way where do where where are my dance what what rhythmic pattern am I yeah. like guided to through their, the way that they listen to music is going to be totally different to someone in New York or Chicago yeah. mm -hmm. and the way that I feel it in my body my parents are constantly dancing with their hips and their backs and I'm I've got an African diasporic you know listening you know, from a British you know yeah. lens it's, it's crazy it's crazy the way that we we don't open up the way that we think about it in that way and acknowledge and acknowledging yeah that it's it's you know come from america or these it's come from somewhere but there are societal things that have happened i mean um our colleague dr sarah lee talks about house in in in, in um era of apartheid in south africa mm. and that's just like crazy the way that how that would have been embodied yeah it doesn't mean it's not house it's just house in a different way in yeah. a different format so it'd be really great to hear these conversations or these you know i remember i was in the book club and dancing and i could hear two guys just watching like talking talking about me while I was <laughs> dancing oh she's not doing how she's just doing afro right I'm like but just come up and dance with me and yeah, let's yeah, figure yeah. it out let, don't just analyze yeah. me and sit down you're <laughs> yeah. in a club guys yeah yeah just okay. you know just come and dance with me instead and it would be better if we could just you know engage in, in exchange mm. in that way I guess it's also tough because we're so we're in what the first 50 years of this thing being start from literally from nothing like I mean, yes, there's the influences from from way back, but in terms of the stars as we know them now, we're like we're something like 50 years and it's so, still ever changing. So it's really hard to like pin them down and be like, that's what house is and that's mm. what it will always be. And I think that's what we're trying to do a little bit. Yeah. 
And I guess that's maybe what makes you guys job hard is because you have to put a curriculum on something that is in a way pretty fluid still. Of course. And it's con- and, that, and it has to change. It has yeah. to keep changing. Mm. Like we make changes every single year. But mm. I think some of the things are like showing them moments that yeah. were like really influential, whether that's like, you know, in the theatre space, in the battle scene, what, yeah. whatever those moments are. So like, I know one of my favourite things is showing the students um, Frank de Louise. Okay, nice. Oh, yeah. I think I saw that. Drop it. What year was that? 2007? Oh, oh God. Yeah. I think 2007. I think that's right. Yeah. I, and I saw that live. Yeah, I think I did as well. Yeah. My mind. And I mean, when I interviewed, I interviewed about nine different artists for my PhD. <clears> mm. And I think it was literally all but one talked about that piece, like right. without me prompting. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and showing them that actually at that time like understand what this piece was and how like the suits and the way they look like in and though and then you see their minds like wow and Mm. some of them still you know haven't been to breaking convention they might have watched stuff on youtube but it's showing them those legacies that we have here Mm. in the uk yeah definitely and things that we've facilitated to happen here and yeah yeah. i mean showing little snippets of the jump off and then Mm. showing like the the different crews and who where they've interlinked and seeing you know um boy blue and And you yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) we did show the students carla one year they were like <laughs> it wasn't me as my twin. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just seeing how that the the like the scene was then back what what it was like and then how people have, you know, progressed into forming their own companies yeah, and yeah. you know how things have changed but how things haven't changed as yeah, well. Yeah. True. Um just like movement vocabularies are, are, are borrowed, you know, changed slightly or they stay there. I mean, that's why sometimes I know this might be a contentious subject, but watching some of these talent programs, I'm like, we've seen this yeah, like 20 yeah, yeah, years yeah. ago. Um, so what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I think that's what the beauty of, of having people in a room, showing them moments in time mm. and going, we haven't got all the answers. What does it feel for you right now? What can we learn from you? Yeah, yeah. Mm. That you, what are you guys thinking right now of society? How are we? How can we shift mm. the way that we we work so that we can actually this idea of innovation not being stifling, but yeah. being something that can be really like. Uh, inspirational in the way that we work yeah, so yeah. Innov- innovation in terms of the person rather than just you know putting some what is something new mm. what is something new to you i think that's more relatable yeah that's kind of almost an impossible question of like is there any such thing as a new idea in art yeah no, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i think there's a saying there's nothing new under the sun yeah yeah i think yeah. We, i was talking about that the other day with someone as well but like that um oh no i know what it was there's a poll on the artist for artists insta oh yeah Did you see it still oh, like an artist. still like yeah <laughs> and it's like so many people responded like you said um would you steal from other people's work like when creating or something and so many people were like no way like what never and it's like but we all do like there's is there's not really a is there a possibility to create something brand new like mm. how with all the influences and all the kind of restrictions of just being the same body that everyone else has for the most part, like, yeah, yeah, what, like, I just think it's an interesting conversation, like, what is new ideas and what is new, like, yeah, I guess there's still and there's still, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess, yeah, it depends on the intention behind it, like, but I think that's the whole idea of that book, um, Still Like an Artist, where it's like understanding how to steal like an artist and how Mm. to not just copy and and take Mm. credit for other people, like, 
steal and plagiarize, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I was going to ask you guys as well is how do you, do you feel a pressure to, I guess, keep your finger on the pulse of this, the stuff that's happening? Because like we were saying, these things are so fluid. And if you're showing like moments in time, do you ever worry like, oh, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen events and things. This might not be cool anymore. Or this might have changed. Or Because often mm. <clears throat> the consensus on what's good and what isn't, on something like the Frank, Frank Talese piece is like pretty much like a classic and everyone that talks about it is like, yeah, cool. Um, but then there's other things that it's like, oh, at one point we thought this was the shit and then now it's like, mm, I don't know, like, and you, you can still recognise its place in the history, but you start to kind of realise like, oh, yeah, we learned from that. We learned yeah. what we were doing wrong. So how do you guys kind of balance that and keep your finger on what's happening currently? Is it just you guys being out and doing stuff or...? Yeah, I think I I try like my best to be aware and stuff, but I think also it's recognizing limitations and yeah. being honest mm -hmm. about what my areas of interest are and what yeah. I'm focusing on, and yeah. on, that will mean that I don't focus on other things yeah, if I'm course, choosing yeah. one thing. So I think it's a, a good deal of that, and um, again, it's sort of just making sure that there's plenty of connections mm. so that students will always then discover yeah. certain things and also allowing them to tell us right, inform right. us yeah. all the time that you're learning certain things and I remember my little godson he's 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 about I think he's 13 now but when you know I was asking him for all the names of the Fortnite dances oh, really? a few years ago yeah because like you know that that's that they have loads of knowledge and True. what they're interested in is totally different to what I was interested in. Yeah, and I guess in, if you know. you're encouraging them to go out into the scene, it's like, well, tell us what you found out while right. you were there. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and I suppose that the help... So the, there are moments where we get students to bring their work mm. and then we talk about it. Nice. So, or, or if they're prior to class, if they're organised, if they send something <laughs> in um, or, you know, on the spot, give me an artist or whatever, let's talk about it, let's right. analyse it so that they can see that there's, that there's access points for them to really engage. Yeah, yeah. And through that, you know, they're, they're going to feel a sense of ownership within the program yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. And that's yeah. really important um, to feel like your your lecturers are actually interested in what you do mm. and what you're saying. Because yeah. a lot, I think, in the first year, and we see it throughout the program, there's always this self-editing. Mm. And I do it a lot. But it's getting students to understand that what they're saying, even if it's not right for them the first time, you're just getting them to talk a little bit more yeah. and making those connections and, and making them hear their own voice. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I yeah. think like one of the biggest, one of the biggest things that's helped me to learn over the years is just being opinionated. And it's also got me in a lot of arguments, <laughs> but it's like me and I, it's, it's been okay. And I haven't gotten any too bad arguments because I'm very self-aware about my opinionatedness, if that's a word, but it's like, I think what's really important is to go, hey, I think this is shit. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, but then you also have to be open to the person, especially if it's like your lecturer or someone more um, experienced than you, to be like, well, here's why most people think it's not, you know? Mm. And then you can go, oh, now that I know that, I think it's really good. But yeah. if you don't, or, or the opposite of like, everyone hates this, but I love it. And it's like, well, why do you love it? Oh, well, I love this. And it's like, well, that's actually really like deep in, you know, yeah. you've really looked into that and, and mm. you're really uh, em employing the knowledge that we've taught you. And I think like if I'm talking to someone about, you know, I don't know, someone on TikTok or like certain choreographers and stuff that I don't like, mm. I might be like, 
well, I disagree and I hate it, but you've really thought through why you like it. So that's yeah. sick. Like, and you're learning a lot. And I think this idea of just throwing out opinions and, and having a non-judgmental space where it can be like, I disagree with you, but let's talk about why we disagree. Yeah. It encourages so much learning because it forces you to, to, um, delve into your own opinions and I've done this so much where I start a conversation with one point of view and through talking I'm like yeah I was wrong it's not shit yeah you know it's actually pretty good (laughs) and that's that's the the art of conversation right and I think a lot of people um including myself to a to a point that you know someone with a differing opinion doesn't mean they don't like you it's not personal yeah oh yeah definitely and we I think at certain age points and I you know this is an overgeneralization but when you're younger it's harder to believe that yeah so it's getting them to understand that in the space to have a conversation a discussion isn't to pit each other against each other it's it's to to just open minds yeah and And you get some sort of comfort from being around people that feel the same thing as you so if you're the only one in a room that doesn't like a piece that you're watching like you feel like there's a pressure to fit in almost when it's like yeah it's fine to just like you're not you're not not part of the group because you don't agree with their opinions. You know, it's like you can all be still learning together. Yeah, that's the group yeah, you're a part yeah. of. Yeah. And that's what I love about academia yeah. in the sense that, you know, without that. And I think when I was doing my first degree, mm. I wasn't fully engaged in that idea of it because it wasn't as, I don't, it wasn't as inclusive or engaging as it is, as, as we make it mm. in because of the way that we've learned in the past right, we're right. understanding yeah. that but um yeah it's not until later on that i'm just like wow this is the this is the joy of academia in the sense of yeah. you know talking things through me me <clears throat> um saying to joe and robert right i've got an idea can i just say it to you yeah yeah and and just be like right what do you guys think uh, and being open, knowing that they're not malicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that they're not going to say something and then two seconds later say something behind my back. But but know that also their, their reasoning, the educated reasoning behind it is, is, is elevating the way that we're thinking. Yeah, I have to say, like, I came in two or three times maybe for the um, final project. So it was, I guess, they were showing half-finished third year yeah. pieces like right lab, yeah lab. and it was kind of like i came in a couple of times and it was us three i think yeah. that was and it was did anyone else come no it was just us three i think yeah and it, the idea was that it, to be like a panel and give feedback on during their pieces yeah and we were using liz lem and the feedback yeah. model yes yeah. yeah and then um there was also the other students who were doing their thing that they gave feedback as well as us yeah. um the thing i was really impressed by i have to say is like how well the conversations went mm-hmm. and it was very like people were giving feedback that I was like oh damn that's like <laughs> I'm like I didn't even think of that or pushing back on each other's ideas in a yeah. really healthy way which was yeah. great like you often don't don't see that in in I guess like young students as much um and I was really impressed it's like somebody would be like make a really like intelligent and deep point and it was really like well put together and I would be like mm, that is true <laughs> and then so, and then I'm sitting there like wow like that's and then someone else from the other side is like no, I don't agree. And here's why. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, that was a good point yeah. too. And I'm like, I don't even know where I stand anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then I have to give feedback and I'm like, well, you're both right. But here's what, what I think. But um, no, it was really nice. It was a really nice atmosphere seeing that. And like also the people, the students taking on the feedback was really nice. And I think that's a credit to you guys as well. Like it's not, it's maybe even harder than just an idea about someone else's piece to take mm-hmm. criticism about your own piece mm-hmm. and like, or your own dance or way of movement. Cause 
a lot of times, especially before you get into the industry industry where you have to start thinking of your dance as a product before that you, it's very intrinsically linked to who you are and it's yeah. like you're putting these deep ideas out on stage for someone to go don't like the way you did it yeah. <laughs> you know and for to be able to take that and understand yeah. why and understand not only the parts where you're like now nah, you're right i can i can improve on that i didn't yeah. do it well enough but also to push back on them and be like that's fair enough that you didn't like it but i like it so i'm gonna keep it you know like and that's a really mature skill that i saw yeah. them kind of yeah. employing already as so i was like oh that's yeah I just wanted to say that <laughs> I really enjoyed that that aspect of of how they yeah. interacted, and it also keeps us in check. <laughs> yeah, like in the fact of going right. Well, why don't I like this? Mm. Is that you know? Am I just you know? Am I working in the in the interest of the student getting a good grade? Yeah, is this more about my kind of own? You know, niggles about the industry or whatever yeah. and it just yeah I think also framing it in the Liz Lerman model is really helpful because yeah. you know asking can I give you an opinion mm. because I've done so many shows and you come out and someone's just like splurted feedback mm. at you like whoa and in the in the in the way of saying like that it's not an opinion like oh it was too long or it was yeah. too boring or yeah. like it's like no but your opinion was that you found it too long yeah. or your opinion was that you got bored and yeah. it's like yeah an audience member is also like a, a person you know it's yeah. not just a fact that this was too long it's like your experiences led you to believe it was too long yeah. or whatever yeah so hopefully you know having that experience gets them to feel because they're they're the dancer and they're the choreographer throughout yeah. the whole three years so mm. getting them to experience what it feels like in a bit more of a controlled environment to be a bit more empathetic with yeah because also it's like they're the people that they spend three years with yeah. and then yeah. they're gonna have to step out into the industry and get it from random people that they've never met or people that they respect which is sometimes harder than a random person where it's like you put your heart and soul into something and someone who inspired you and, and they're like oh, i don't really like your latest piece and you're like <laughs> and it's like that's that's tough enough to deal with yeah. afterwards but i think it's nice to have those three years where you have people that you're yeah. you have an ongoing relationship with and you have an interest in each other succeeding and you have yeah. tutors that you trust and you stuff like say that to someone who says that to you wow that's really shocking it'd be great to have a conversation about yeah it yeah yeah and just steer it so that it just doesn't it, it, it not falls off your shoulders but at the same time you can have some control in the way that you receive it yeah and i think that's that's yeah. another big skill as well with feedback is like you can't adjust your course based on everyone's opinion. It's it. I've, and I watch people do it over and over and it stresses me out so much where it's like one person says that whatever the artistic work is, it doesn't even have to be dance, but it's like somebody does something and they're like, um, oh, it should be like this. Then they start to make it like that. And then when it goes that way, someone goes, oh, no, I preferred it like this. And they go, OK, cool, I'll change it. As if there's one right answer and they keep getting it wrong, mm. yeah. as opposed to like, just making something and sticking with it and which funnily enough this is what i'm trying to do with the podcast is like i've had so much feedback on it which is really beautiful and i love that people are engaged and they want to tell me their opinions but it's a lot of like oh it's too long or oh, i wish you did it like this oh why don't you do this why don't you do the zoom podcast why don't you make it shorter why don't you put and it's like that's fine and i am balancing i don't want to be stubborn so i'm like okay what are, what is the right answers here that for me but also there's an element of like well this is how i'm doing it and if you think it's too long you just don't like listening to a long podcast. That's fine. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just because you... And then I, I ask people, they're like, oh, it's too long. And I'm like, well, do you listen to... They're like, no, I don't really listen to podcasts. So I'm like, so you don't Obviously, like... Yeah. Like, I listen to like Joe Rogan and like three-hour podcasts. Mm. So 
that's something that I know there's an audience for. And also it's on me to um, to realize like, oh, okay, well, my audience is zero now, so I have to change some shit. But yeah. if it's working and there's people that are listening, it's about like you staying strong to yourself. And like going back to the dance and the choreography thing, it's like one person can come up and be like, oh, I hated that performance, but there's 300 people in the audience. Like if the rest of them liked it yeah. or, or your majority, or even if it's just like, okay, everyone hated it. Maybe I'm in the wrong space. Maybe this needs to be here. Maybe the the demographic that I'm pitching to is wrong. Maybe there's something that I can change a little bit. But yeah, just changing every time someone gives you bad feedback mm. is like never a way to yeah. create anything yeah. good. Yeah. And, and it's also yeah. talking going to like fixed versus growth mindset. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Which is what we talk about a lot with the students, especially in the third year. Yeah. So in regards to your you talking about the feedback session for yeah. final project just getting them to think about like this might have been my fixed mindset when I first started university or mm. or listening to your podcast but actually the, what's the growth mindset well I like this these elements I'm not so keen on these elements but yeah yeah, yeah. and it's developing like the self-awareness as well of like why why am I doing this what is the thing I want to get across and how do I want to get it across because mm. it's like saying your choreography I've, I've had this you know where it's like you might be doing choreography and they're like, oh, well, it's very like basic and like this. And it's like, well, yeah, my point of what I wanted to get across was I wanted it to be basic. And it's like, well, then I'm wrong to tell you it's too basic because it's like too basic depending on what. Yeah. It's like depending on my eye or whatever. So if you start from the point of like, who am I? What message do I want to get across? What, um, how do I want to get this message across? Mm. And then you take the advice and fit it into that yeah. plan, you know? Yeah. It's like just putting any fuel in your car. Your car's going to blow up. It's like <laughs> you go, you keep going past petrol stations until you find the one that does the fuel for your yeah. car. Yeah. And then that's where you're going to go the furthest. And I suppose the inquisitiveness of, of people is is also checking the way that we're asking questions. Yes, that's mm. true as well. So in the sense of, you know, why do you like long podcasts right, right, would right. be a, a more appropriate way of asking because then you're getting the mm. aunt, you're getting information. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and, and being open to be swayed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well. And I've got a friend that does it to me all the time. He's like, oh, why do you do this? And I'm like, I've never thought about it before. Maybe I should stop doing that. <laughs> but it's like when he asked me also, yeah. he, he asked me, why do you do this? And I have a full read. And I'm like, no, that's why. And he's like, oh, fair enough. Rather than saying, I don't like that you do that or yeah. whatever. You know? Yeah. Because they're loaded questions. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you've got an intention. Yeah. In before you've even started, you're wanting to to make your point known yeah. without being overly direct. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, this is something I talk about a lot, but like the communication and conversation is a skill. Mm. And with all this, like, I, I'm not one that like hates social media. I actually quite love it and stuff, but uh, it's because it's so part, it's integral to our, to our day is like going on social media, writing and talking to people and stuff. Whereas I guess back in the day when you had to write a letter, it's like, it's a separate activity. So, you know, oh, my handwriting isn't very good. My vocabulary isn't very good. <laughs> now it's just part of our day. Yeah. So we forget that communication and conversation is a skill and you can be bad at it. Like, and you're wandering, uh, wandering around and you're annoying people <laughs> and you're getting bad feedback. You know, like, oh, I don't understand why. It's like, you are not good at communicating. Yeah. Like you never develop that skill. You're just saying shit that's in your head and not, putting it across and then you you know you're missing each other's point or whatever um but yeah so i think that's like something that's mm. like even more so i would say than the technical skill of dance is like understanding how all the how to navigate all the other bits 
that facilitate the creation of dance and the yeah. improvement. Yeah. And I think some of those things stay the same. Yeah, even yeah. Though yeah. exactly. Like, so I think some of the things like learning group work initiative, yeah. like these kinds of <laughs> yeah. um, being independent, being resilient, you know, confidence, yeah. depending on students. You can apply that to anything, yeah. Right, yeah. so those things are always yeah. at the forefront. And yeah. we always we always talk about transferable skills. How mm, they yeah. learn many transferable skills throughout the program. Yeah, and how it's not just it's not just going to set them up for the dance industry. It's going to be many different oh, sectors, yeah. especially with even outside of the arts, but especially within. It's like there's so many people that like I don't know. Like I always say, like dancers that you know, because I do photography, so there are a lot of dancers that will either. I want them to, I'm like, oh, just take a picture of me, like, or something, or take a picture of this, or with their phone or something, and they're like, oh, but I'm not really a photographer. I'm like, yeah, but you're such a good visual artist. Mm. Anything, like, you're going to be able to do, like, yes, there's some skill that I've researched and learned over the years of how to operate cameras and how to get the best out of them. But your visual eye is already trained. Like, you know what looks good, you know? Mm. And, like, I've got a friend that's, um, he does painting, and it's like, he's great at, um, making video content because he understands lighting he understands framing it's all from it's all the same stuff so it's like yeah kind of transferable skills whatever you learn you're going to be able to apply to other stuff and it's not like it's definitely not starting from zero again you know and i think it's also i guess it's being mindful of opening like i know we've spoken a lot about being inquisitive and opening their minds it's always interesting we're talking about social media and uh, there are discussions going around about cancel culture at the Mm. moment to a certain extent and it's it's like there's always the dichotomy of like you're in a safe space to to explore and to learn and to fail yeah um and and not be judged to a certain extent and i think this the students i would hope that the students understand that by the third year um yeah and and to take that out when they graduate Um, yeah yeah Mm. Yeah. no i agree this idea of perfection. I mean, we, mm. we talk about it all yeah. the time. Mm. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's so detrimental. Yep. And yes. when, and it's hard when you're, you're working to something that gets a grade. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, that's going to, ju- that's going to be your classification of a degree. Yeah. Mm. But even this, like e- they could fail the degree program and still learn loads. Do you know what I mean? It's not It's not only the great, like, yes, in a kind of the main objective for going to university yeah. is to pass the course and do well. Yes. But it doesn't mean that you've, like, let's say you completely fail the course, but you finish it. It doesn't mean you walk out there with nothing. No. You've still got three no. years of experience, connections, yeah. knowledge. It's like, exactly. no matter what, even if your grades aren't going well or whatever, you're yeah. still learning and you're still gaining a lot of valuable stuff. So yeah. in that way, you're not failing. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's why we really push the process. Yeah. yeah. In anything that we set, it's the process of being and doing and yeah. interacting that really the engagement of that process gives most learning mm. and if only the rest of the education system is like that mm. <laughs> <laughs> um i think we do have to wrap up um i don't want to get kicked out or for them to cut off the equipment i realize that's what they do here by the way oh, wow. is when you go too much wow. over time they just turn everything off so we learned that lesson on saskia's <laughs> podcast oh yeah that was an abrupt end yeah it was one. an abrupt end because <laughs> just after the camera cut off you you'll see i didn't put the i was gonna put it to be funny but basically they just shut everything off on us half mid conversation oh, wow. and we were like oh dear and you just see both <laughs> of our faces in the camera like 
<laughs> What's happening? <laughs> no, on the um, no, because I think they time it like by by the end of your booking, they give you a, a grace period to get out, right. and then they right. you're done. So let's not let that happen. Um, no, honestly, I super appreciate you guys coming. I'm glad we can like make it where all three of you can be here. Um, yeah, and I super appreciate also if I haven't said this, like all the support you've given me in the last couple of years, I guess, which started with Rob. Um, so yeah, super appreciate that. Super appreciate what you guys are doing for the community. And you guys have produced a lot of um great dancers and great artists and also facilitated external artists to come in and like work with you guys and stuff. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And I think most people would agree that you're a, a brilliant force for good in the oh, in the community. Which is thank why I kind of wanted to talk with you guys. Oh no, well. I'm Yeah, when, it wouldn't when, be complete without you. When Joe said it was like why does he want to talk to me? <laughs> no, but I mean, it's like it's anything. Yeah, it's, it's super interesting. It's like I, it's an obvious one that I wanted to do at some point. As um, you know, I'm a big fan of the podcast. So this <laughs> might be the first episode that I call to listen to. Uh, <laughs> you weren't like no, listening no. to yourself. No. <laughs> it feels um, weird hearing ourselves. Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. So like I said at the beginning, um, I don't know what's going to happen with the lockdown yet. If we have a break from the podcast, please stay with me. I will be back at some point. We're never going to give up on it completely. We're just going to figure out the next way that we can make it happen. Um, like I said, I don't want to do Zoom, um, which I could, but I think I love, you know, sitting down with people and talking face to face. It's a whole different dynamic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I want to make that happen and also, yeah, find the best way to make that happen for me so I'm not killing myself to do the same thing every week when... It's not working. So, yes, I'm. If we do have a break, which is very possible because of the lockdown, um, it's not that the podcast is finished. It's just a break until I can figure out the next way to make it happen. Um, thanks for everyone for listening. Um, hope every hope you're enjoying your lockdown. Um, hope you're not feeling too too shit. Um, <laughs> and if this has even helped give you something to do for a little bit, then I'm super happy. And yeah, I'll catch everybody soon. Um, subscribe to the YouTube and yeah, give me likes and comments and all that stuff that makes me feel good. Um, yeah, thanks again, guys, for coming. <laughs> and see you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.